0: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. We are on the precedence of a massive COVID-19 super spreader event. Did you know that? Are you concerned? I know you're very terrified about it. See, we're going we're to spread the virus everywhere. It's going to kill everybody. Why? Because people are celebrating about the results of the Super Bowl that happened last night. Oh, yes. Now, if you are protesting something and if you are angry about injustice somewhere in the world... You are totally justified you're not going to spread the virus, but because you're celebrating, you're celebrating a team out of Florida, you're celebrating Rebels like the Buccaneers, like Tampa Bay are, and like you're celebrating someone like Tom Brady, who is a Donald Trump supporter, then you're probably just going to die from COVID-19 because fans, according to MSN, thousands of maskless Tampa fans flooded the streets celebrating the Super Bowl while risking a super spreader event. You should be absolutely terrified. Hey, welcome into the show. Great to have you along for the ride today, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita. Candace on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio, TV, and live streaming. Plus, we have the podcast as well. We appreciate you hanging out each and every day, your favorite day of the entire week. A Monday is all over already almost, which is hard to believe because we just got started. So we'll try and cram as much as we can into this program today as we do every single day here on the show. Big show lined up for you today as well as we have Major General Marie Eater. She'll be joining us. She is the author of the book uh American uh, Cyberscape. American Cyberscape: Trials and the Path to Trust. Have we lost our ability in the nation to uh, decipher what is truth? Is what in in what is non-truth? Is there an absolute truth, and is there absolutely absolutely right or wrong or truth or non-truth in society any longer, or is everything just speculative? It's all up to you, man, on what your speculative idea actually is. So we'll talk with Major General uh, Mary Eater about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Hope you had a great weekend. It is cold here in the Wichita, Kansas area. It is currently. 13 degrees right now, and I am still wearing my T-shirt. I have not worn a coat all winter long, and I refuse to wear a coat because I hate coats. Now I have one in the back of my car in case I break down or something, but I will not wear it even in this 13-degree weather as I am still trying to do my... Uh, My my self-improvement, let's just put it that way, Uh, eating healthy, trying to get back into exercising a little bit. kind of do the cleansing thing, trying to uh, find your self-worth kind of thing. Um, And it's been kind of nice because I've been doing the the breathing and the cold exposure. And so it's cold, but it's not like I'm freezing and don't feel well in the cold. I'm actually doing okay. At the same time here in the studios at uh, at the radio studio, the heater is not working as it should be because it won't heat up to the temperature that they set on the thermometer. So it's been cold in the studios all day at the same time. So I've had a long-term exposure of cold weather all day today, even if I'm not out in the 13-degree weather. Luckily, we have a lot of computers and technology that kind of raises the temperature up naturally in here already. So we've been kind of rocking it. At the same time, I have to admit, yesterday I did a whole lot of absolutely nothing. And it's the first time that I've done that in a very long time. Usually I'm extremely busy as we're building the Hoosier Media Network. We're building our home studios. We're growing the business. We're doing some podcast production stuff on the side. And I still did some of that on Saturday. But that kind of fell apart because Saturday we were gonna do some more drywall and construction stuff and it couldn't get the drywall lift because it was snowing and cold and I couldn't get anywhere. And the people that were gonna come help weren't able to come help because the roads were really bad. So I did the computer stuff on Saturday. Then on Sunday I was like, well, what am I gonna do? I did absolutely nothing except for watch a whole lot of TV, which is something very, very rare to me. But I watched Mike Lindell's video, Absolute Proof, which I want to talk about here in just a second. I did watch part of the Super Bowl. I know. I know. I know it's kind of taboo, but honestly, I have to admit, number one, I am extremely surprised with all the people that I follow on social media and Facebook, especially all my friends who are conservative, like, oh, we don't like the NFL. We don't like football anymore. And then, like, everybody's posting about it. Now, granted. A lot of them are here from the Kansas area, and with Kansas City in there, they kind of felt like they were obliged to watch the Kansas City Chiefs play that. So, okay, I get it. I'll let you go off scot-free there. The second part was Mrs. Voice of Reason loves to watch the Super Bowl. She, uh, That's really our thing is we've always kind of watched it before all of these shenanigans happen. Now, I haven't watched it in like the last three or four years, but she wanted to watch it. So I kind of half, not really didn't pay attention to the game. But I wanted to see the political messages that they sent out during the Super Bowl because it is one of the highest rated TV events. So I figured, what are they brainwashing with us today? And sure enough, in the pregame, I I had to leave for a while. I couldn't watch it. I had to wait until the game was actually started because I, could, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Right off the bat, boom, racial injustice stuff with their messaging. And the same gal that did a some kind of poem during Joe Biden's inauguration, she did some kind of poem thing there about racial injustice. And I'm like, why is this the place and time for this? This is driving me absolutely nuts. Then, of course, Joe Biden apparently made a speech. I didn't see that part because I had left and I couldn't watch it because I was just angry about all the political messaging that was going on. Then I tried to watch the commercials. They were not funny, by the way. I laughed and chuckled at maybe one. That was about it. But they weren't very funny or entertaining at all. The halftime show Was what the heck was that? I want to talk about that a little bit as well. If even if you did watch that, um, if you watched it either during the show or if you watched it thereafter, but the symbolism, the messaging, maybe we're just looking too deep into this stuff, but I don't know what else it could actually represent because it doesn't make any sense. So we'll talk about that and the craziness that happened with the Super Bowl here in a minute as well. But first, I want to talk about Mike Lindell's. Oh, by the way, then I watched A Bug's Life. If you remember that cartoon with our little voice of reason, we watched Mike Lindell's video. She was bored with that because it was just like a documentary. We watched A Bug's Life, which I did not realize how political A Bug's Life was. Now, granted, you're talking to a political talk show host who has a lens of everything being political in society me analyzing society as a whole in everything I do nowadays. So I kind of take the whole fun out of actually just enjoying things and I overanalyze it all because that's just who I am now and I can't see things just at face value. So I watched The Bug's Life and actually it had a very good message to it. Um, I don't know if you remember or not some of the quotes from there, but the, the uh, grasshoppers, young grasshopper, the grasshoppers that would have the tyranny over the ants and they would come every year and they would take the grains from them. The ants would have to work half the summer to give grain to the grasshoppers, to leave them alone. And then they would have to gather for themselves at the end of the season. Um, well, then the grasshoppers would come and they would take all that. And if they would step out of line, then they would bully them and abuse them as their slaves. And they would really enslave the ants to do their bidding. And they made the comment the head... Grasshopper made the comment that they outnumber us 100 to 1, and we can never let them realize that, or else we will end our way of life as we know it. And it is kind of interesting. While the ants are like, wait a second, you guys are abusing us, and we don't live to serve you, we live to serve ourselves. Enslaving jerks? So they hire a bunch of other other bugs to try and help them fight off the grasshopper so they can actually be left alone and have their revolution. I did not realize how political that movie was, but I watched it again because I haven't seen it since a kid. I was like, wow, this gives me hope because this is true. We outnumber them thousands to one, and they know that. So what do they do? They isolate us. They quarantine us. You can't go and visit other people. You can't chat on social media. You can't spread all these quote-unquote false information. You can't communicate with one another. We're just going to isolate you so that way you feel vulnerable because that way you cannot actually communicate and actually grow in numbers of, of like, hey, wow, there's other people that are angry like I am. I found that kind of interesting and, and intriguing. So I did enjoy A Bug's Life. I also enjoyed Mike Lindell's Absolute Proof. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. If you go to michaeljlindell.com, it's about the only place you can get it, plus on his Rumble page as well. It's fascinating. Now, a lot of it we already knew. Some of it we knew of. What I liked about it was that, first off, it was terrible quality. Ter- it's a video that was just on there. It's not like production quality really a whole lot. They didn't do a whole lot of the flashiness like you see in a Hollywood video. So the quality of it is absolutely horrendous. But it's not about the quality of it. It's about the content, which is what you're there to watch. And it's nice because we've been hearing about voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud all this time. But yet when we discuss it on social media or we discuss it with other individuals, they say, Andy, where's the proof? Where's the proof of the voter fraud? We don't see it. You're not presenting us anything. And because we're not part of the team, being you and I, we weren't part of the legal teams, we're like, well, we know it's there, and they've kind of leaked a little bit of it, but we don't know all of it. So we can't argue that point. We know it's there, but we don't know that it what the details are. So it's there, but trust us. And, of course, that hasn't been working. So the media, ha-ha, we're not going to believe you. You need to show us absolute evidence. Well, this does it. It talks to numerous individuals about... Their experience either during the election time or different individuals who that's what they do for a living is look at uh, scanning and and auditing and forensic of computers and data and algorithms. And people who are actually involved in the currently active, which, by the way, if you have lost hope on it, there are still many active cases right now, which I was not aware of in numerous different states regarding the voter fraud and the Dominion voting systems. Not just Dominion, though, but a lot of the different voting systems where there's are still active cases, and these are people that are doing the forensic auditing of the uh, Dominion systems and other electronic voting machines and talking about the crazy amounts of irregularities. And they're ones that are actually there, like the hands-on, you know, physical evidence that they present in the video. What stuck out to me the most, though, was the gal that came on by phone and was talking to Mike Lindell, who by the way, I have to I love Mike Lindell. I love my pillow. He's not an interviewer, he's not like a host of a show being able to interview people because it was not the best done in that sense. But again, not about the presentation, it's about the content. So he was interviewing this gal, can't remember her name right now, but actually has the physical Laundry list of like 150 pages of IP addresses of when the IP addresses got into a voting system, which supposedly was not supposed to be connected to the Internet, was connected to a voting machine, what they did, whether it was going through the firewall or whether they logged in legally and how many votes they actually took away from Donald Trump. They have this on document, on paper, all of the IP addresses, every one of them. All over the country, every county every precinct, every voting machine. They have the list of when they logged in, where they logged in from, the IP address that they logged in from with their home computer or network computer or whatever it was, and what they did there and whether they logged in legally or through the firewall. They have it. Now, if they have that type of hard evidence, why is this such a complicated case? Why can't you just go to the U.S. Supreme Court and be like, look here. They're not supposed to be connected to the internet. Oh, looky. Here's the evidence of everybody that logged into these systems and what they did. And it would be an open and closed case. It's crazy to me how long it's been taking. So uh, while they call us conspiracy theorists, they don't want this information out. As soon as Mike Lindell ended up releasing this video, it was cut off of YouTube. It was cut off of social media. It was cut off everywhere. They banned him on Twitter. They banned the MyPillow uh, account on Twitter. So he's not allowed to communicate because how dare you even try to question or even try to look into, or even try to audit, or even try to think about something that they don't want you to think about. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Just move along here and nothing to see. Which is the concerning part, because they've just like a bug's life, they've isolated us, they've made us vulnerable, they make us sound crazy when we stand up and say, wait a second, what things that are going on here just don't make sense? One of these things is not like the other. It just doesn't make any sense. Let's start questioning. Let's start thinking here for a second, using some common sense and saying, hmm, maybe we should look into this a little bit more. And because of that, you're banned on social media. You can't communicate. And we're just going to cut you off and isolate you to make you feel vulnerable because you're a nutso. And that's why we're here on talk radio. And that's why we're here streaming the way we can. That's why we're here on podcasting, because the message will always get out there. And the, 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 the right people with the right information will always prevail. Everybody, you ever remember when you were a kid or when you try and teach your kids that lying... You know, the truth always comes out in the end. You can't lie. Don't lie, because if you lie, then the truth will always come out in the end. You have to stack story on top of story on top of story to try and cover up what you were lying about, as opposed to just telling the truth and just moving forward. Well, guess what? Democrats, progressives, elitists, globalists, deep state, whatever you want to call them, your chickens are coming home to roost. Because, um, yeah, we're starting to catch on. We're starting to question things just a little bit and figure out, wait a second, what you're doing just doesn't make sense and we're going to catch on to it and you can't silence it forever you can try but it's just not going to work we got a lot to get to today on the show we have the impeachment trial starting tomorrow we have the super bowl issues that i want to talk about we have our guest it's a big show today for a monday here on the voice of reason the voice of reason with andy hoosier hey it's andy hoosier with the voice of reason fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time all there at HoosierReason.com Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. great Great Republic.
1: You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the
0: program. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Monday. Radio TV and the live streaming. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time lots of news to get to i don't know if i'm going to get to all of it today obviously not because well we usually don't but let's see what's trending today what do you say what's trending today so the impeachment trial is set to begin tomorrow house democrats are talking about it being the most grievous constitutional crime ever in the united states it is totally absurd yeah well there is that too but hey I mean, come on, it's the most grievous thing we've ever seen in our entire... It was the most absurd, crazy, scary thing AOC feared for her life because they were coming to kill her. And that's what they want to try and portray. So as they talk about this being the most grievous constitutional crime ever, Trump lawyers are just saying that it's political theater. Now, remember... Uh, I don't have to tell them how to do their job because they're obviously way smarter than me, but you got to remember who you're appealing to here. You're appealing to a Democrat-run majority in both chambers of Congress here as you're trying to do your trial to say that you shouldn't try to impeach Donald Trump a second time and vote him to where he can't run for office a second time, which I don't know that he's going to, but they're fearful of that. The silence that Donald Trump has had during the last couple weeks has been deafening to the Democrats. They're losing their minds because now they don't have the guy with the big target on to attack all the time. They don't have anything to report. Just how good, quote, unquote, Joe Biden's doing. But they don't have anything to talk about with Donald Trump. And Donald Trump was the epitome. They loved it. Their ratings were up so high because of look at the lunacy from Donald Trump. Look at what he's trying to do. Look at the craziness that Donald Trump did today. And they're waiting for him to respond. They tried to bring him back out and have him testify on his own at the trial, which is not going to happen, obviously. Then they tried to say, well, the lawyers are backing off. They don't want anything to do with them. That's not true. They're getting ready for this, the political theater. But according to the Washington Times, the Trump defense team is going to show clips of Democrats urging violence in 2020. Now, look, I'm not here to tell you how to do your job. But I don't know that that's going to work. I mean, you're right, and maybe you should, and I agree with you, but when you're appealing to a Democrat-run House and a Democrat-run Senate to try and prove that Donald Trump didn't incite any violence and trying to show their hypocrisy, when you're arguing with your wife, do you really sit there and show her clips of all the time that she was kind of a, and she yelled at you and called you names or tried to do something dumb? Is that usually the way to win an argument? Because in my experience, that's probably the last thing that you should do. Just just throwing it out there. You should probably find better ways to appeal to Democrats to where you could win those one or two wishy washy Democrats over and bring them over to the Republican side and see if you can't actually stop the trial from going through. But by angering them and being like, look how much of a jerk you guys are probably isn't going to win them over. I'm Again, I agree with you and I love the idea of showing them the clips of all the Democrats urging violence. But how is that going to win over a Democrat run Uh, committee in Senate or House that's going to vote to impeach Donald Trump because they really hate him because orange man bad. I'm just curious how that's going to work. But the Democrats are just so vile about trying to go after Trump, saying that it's the biggest constitutional crime ever. Are we really going to win somebody over if if they're that hell-bent on it? You need to do the best you can, win over some of them if you can, but just recognize that you're in hostile territory here. They are out for blood, which is why they're silencing on social media, which is why they're coming after your guns, which is why they're trying to bankrupt the nation, which is why they're shutting down any social media. They don't want a dialogue. They don't want conversation. They are out for blood because they're in the majority and they feel that they're invincible. Now, that invincibility is going to be their Achilles heel to where they're going to harm themselves at the end of the day. So you just kind of have to let them do that. By them calling for unity, which is what they tried to do in the Super Bowl, and it was the dumbest message I ever heard in my entire life, while they're calling for unity, at the same time they're abusing and again rubbing the salt in the wound of all the conservatives and Republicans and Trump supporters in the nation, thinking that that's how somehow going to roll over and just blow over, and then, well, we're going to punish you, but you just need to get on our side and bring unity. It's not going to work. Let them shoot themselves in the foot and vote to impeach Donald Trump, because see how well that works for all the Trump supporters that are still angry, especially after watching Mike Lindell's video of knowing that there was a fraudulent election, and then you're trying to attack us, silence us, and come after us. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Monday, the best day of the entire week. That's right. I said it. You can't deny it. Mm-mm trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time, the millennial general reporting for duty. Although, <laughs> I don't know that I can say that right now because we have, like, a legitimate general on the program. So we probably shouldn't say something like that. But nonetheless, we're trying to, you know, do our thing. By far the fastest hour of radio on radio. I'm seeing a lot of comments on the social media, which, by the way, you can follow us at Who's Your Reason on all the social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, the parlor that's supposedly going to come back up We'll see if that happens also on the website at who's your reason.com. So I am excited about our next guest as I see through some of the comments about the censorship going on, the uh, especially with Michael Lindell. Michael Lindell's video, you can go to michaeljlindell.com. You can watch that video of absolute proof. The question is when pr- Truth is presented to you nowadays, are you able to decipher on whether it's actually fact or not? Apparently that's a difficult thing. Nowadays, being a talk show host, I post stories and links of stories on my social media and say, hey, check this out, and I'll get a message on there saying either, no, banned because of our independent fact checkers. Or I'll have it say, sorry, this is only partial the information, so it has a big disclaimer on Twitter or Facebook and saying, no, this is only partial of the information, you need to look a little bit deeper, meaning... This is cute, but you didn't get the full picture because if you got the full picture, you'd agree with us. Can you, we actually decipher what truth is and what truth isn't? I'm excited to talk about that with our next guest. She is the author of American Cyberscape Trials and the Path to Trust. She's the former Army, Army Deputy Chief of Public Affairs. She is Major General Mary Eater with us here. Mary, how are you, my friend?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: I am doing great. First off, thank you for your service and I appreciate what you do uh for us each and every day and what you've what you've done. Um this is a crazy time to where we can't decipher what truth is or what truth isn't. But let me ask you this, is there something called absolute truth or is everything just speculative to the way that we see the world nowadays?
1: You'll get a thousand answers to that no matter who <laughs> you ask, I believe.
0: It's crazy. I
1: think I think what we, what we see is really, which side of truth are we on? I had a boss who would always say, well, truth is whoever gets there first. And I would think, well, isn't it more in the middle somewhere, in the middle being a very large space yeah. that can go back and forth? But it's certainly true that whoever speaks first lays down the groundwork, and that's what we refer back to.
0: That makes sense. I mean, I've always heard, too, the victor, I mean, is the one that tells the truth or writes the history books to where when we read it, with this is the fact, this is what happened in history. But I mean, there's obviously a lot more to it as well. But at the end of the day, there are some things that are just true. Two plus two equals four. Although now that apparently is being contested in public schools with common core math. I mean, my head spins sometimes when someone says, I feel that I'm not the gender that I actually am. So therefore, I need to be referred to as a different gender. Like there are some things in the world that are just true and you can't. Turn that away, can you?
1: You can't, or you build a new category and say, That is your truth. Yeah. This is my truth.
0: How do we come away from I guess something you get like the, that? Yeah.
1: Well, I guess it gets even harder when we look at how far we've gone in the come down in the last 20 years or so in terms of trust in all of our institutions and what they promulgate as truth. I typically look at some of these. Polls, if you will, or annual studies that look at trust in institutions. And this year, the poll that came out in January, this is from Edelman, by the way, who studies all of this globally. So it's not just in the US. And these are at the macro level. So they look at government, business, non government institutions, and media. And trust in all of these is at pretty much rock bottom right now, with the hopeful edge being placed on. Business, in business. I believe my CEO, I believe my company will, I believe my bosses will. And if in some cases a company makes a decision that employees don't agree with, then there there is pressure on that boss to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, it's concerning when especially a company just, I mean, they come out with a public statement. I mean, for example, if you work for, I worked for a bank uh, ways back when, and they would come out with their promotions on accepting certain groups or certain individuals and trying to promote that whether it was being political or not political. And if you don't agree with it, then all of a sudden you were just labeled as your are a hater for that organization or for that group instead of just, I just don't believe in it. I want to go do my own thing because they've already created the realm of this is truth and you either get on board with it or else you are against it and you hate that. And it's just, we we've come to such absolutes that either you're with us or you're against us, as opposed to what you mentioned, kind of there's a middle ground in there somewhere that we kind of need to find again. Can we find it? Or are we just kind of too far gone from that?
1: I don't think we're too far gone from that, but certainly it's difficult to think about how much time it takes to get to what we think is true and what we think is real. Certainly, anytime somebody interprets for me something that I have just seen for myself, I may not like the interpretation. I'd rather know at ground level what exactly happened. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to watch the State of the Union address, I don't want it interpreted for me afterwards. (laughs) If I've seen it, I don't need to hear what you thought of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the big thing too now, isn't it? I mean, now we're not hearing the source from itself. We're hearing the third hand source of the media, which is why I think they don't like they didn't like Donald Trump when he was president for the last four years, because they couldn't manipulate what he said for a soundbite to make him sound like what they wanted to interpret. They, he just tweeted out and did it himself. And therefore, when the media came out and said, wait, we don't like what he's doing and saying here, then it was a battle in a kind of a butting hedge of the media because, well, he already said it via Twitter, so we got it straight from his mouth, as opposed to how the media did the filter to release. Out to the general public, it kind of changed the dynamic of everything, didn't it?
1: I think what we've seen too, in some ways, is that broadcast media has stuck to their guns and their same old formulas for how they report news and talk about it. Yeah, and <clears throat> they're they're not pleased that viewers are turning away. What we're also seeing is, I think, print media has become more serious in many ways, realizing that that's what they need to be. Now, this is not just new. This is been going on for years and continuing to get worse and this goes back to media covering celebrities i don't care what any celebrity does i don't i don't care what movie stars do i don't want to see news coverage of them in what is just such a small block of time anyway to see visually what's going on don't show me that yeah i'd rather you showed me if you say there's misinformation disinformation and that Russia or China are doing things in our social media. Show me what that looks like. Right. Teach me how I can figure that out myself. Show me how to find a bot or a troll. Show me what they look like. And then I can do that for myself. But if you just say, oh, this has happened, I have no way of knowing.
0: Yeah, or believing it one way or another. I mean, that's that's the deeper mm-hmm. issue. We're talking with U.S. Army retired Major General Mer, uh, Mary Eater, author of the book American Cyberscape. Let's talk about just the the attention span of the American public. I mean, a lot of people judge and go to the voting booth and just vote based on a 15-second campaign ad. And like you said, I mean, more people are probably concerned, especially in my generation, which I apologize for every single day with my generation. <laughs> uh, they're more concerned about what Kim Kardashian had to tweet with her vegan uh, diet today as opposed to, The policy change that Joe Biden wants to do as opposed to what Donald Trump wanted to to do and whether that follows his campaign promises or whether he lied through his teeth. I mean, some people just don't care about that. And when you talk about, you know, bots from Russia or China trying to manipulate my voting uh, ideas because they can just put a campaign ad on social media and I'll see it and get terrified of one candidate or another. And then someone says, wait a second, that's fake news majority my generation, how much of them do you think is going to look deeper and say, is this really, truly accurate? Or, wow, that was cute. Okay, now I have a bad impression of that person. Let me go see what Kim Kardashian's doing again.
1: <clears throat> wow, that was cute. And even if I do or don't believe it, I'm just going to send it on to my
0: friends. Exactly. Which is
1: how misinformation gets passed.
0: Yeah.
1: How it was sent out originally is disinformation, sent with intent. Misinformation is just continuing to pass it around without looking at the consequences. Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing some educational institutions and some of these pollster groups, whether it's Pew or Roper or some of the others, beginning to take a better look at is this real? What about faked, not only fake news, but how there are deep fakes in video? How can you tell a video has not been altered or pictures that are altered? So at the University of Washington, there is a Center for Public Discourse that is beginning to do just that. And I think some other schools are doing this too, not in the journalism department, not in the history department, but in a cross-section of many departments uh, throughout the university are participating in this to take serious looks at how we begin to tell the difference and how we call it out.
0: That's really good to hear because my last question, we got just about a minute or so left here before we have to let you go. The big question is bringing us back to trust and trusting a source or trusting what we see or being able to verify what we see to be able to move forward and find that truth again. How do we go about doing that, and can we find that trust again? Is it just being like talk radio? We're open about it. I'm not a journalist. I'm a commentator, so I'm going to talk about issues and give my opinion so people can look deeper into it, uh, to where we're just more open about it instead of the mainstream media lying and just saying, yeah, I'm a journalist, and then give their opinion anyways. Is it about certain filters that we can put on to try and dig deeper? I mean, how do we get back to trusting the information that's coming to us every day?
1: I think what we do first is recognize what's in ourselves. I know I have a confirmation bias towards certain things. I want to see good news about the Pittsburgh Steelers. That may not be possible at this point, (laughs) but I will look for things that confirm my basic belief that yes, they'll come back next year, yes, they'll do better. If I know that I have a bias, if I know that there are certain things I believe and like to see and want to find, then I need to be looking in all kinds of places to see what is being said by the other side, by other groups, by other sources. And what I look for now in news is I want to see really short pieces that tell me, this is what happened. This is what was said. Mm-hmm. And I will read that mentally taking out the adjectives. I, don't, I may not have time to look up a source check, but I will at least read them in a way that I don't get, he cried out or she exclaimed. Yeah. I will just get to, this is what was said. This is what
0: happened. Yeah, and the more you do it, then the and better you get at practicing there. like that, too, for sure. It's, it's U.S. Army Retired Major General Mary Eder, author of the book American Cyberscape Trials and Past to Trust. You can find it on Amazon and other places as well. Thank you so much, first off, for your service for coming on the show. We'd love to get you back on here again real soon. All right, thank you. Hey, appreciate it very much. We'll take a break, wrap up the show today for a Monday the here Voice on The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Just find us at who's your reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at who's we know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast. Catch our special features and more. It's the Voice of Reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Is the show really almost over already? Good golly, it goes by way too fast. Welcome into the program. Last couple minutes of the show here on a Monday, radio, TV, and live streaming, plus the podcast as well. Thanks for hanging out. Hoosier Reason on all the social media. HoosierReason.com is the website to go as we have the live stream. We have our monthly blog on there. We have our goodies, everything else that you need to find. The link to all the podcasts, link to all the social media, you can find on the website at HoosierReason.com com thanks again to the major general coming on the pro retired major general coming on the program wonderful guest and a very interesting thought for sure as we try to get back to trusting trust and verify i saw a message on one of the social media um links that we have streaming right now uh trust needs to be uh earned you need to earn trust you need to prove yourself I when i first got into radio especially political talk radio I was at the broadcasting school And it was a class of about, I don't know, 10, 15 students. And they had two or three classes going on at the school at one time. And it was kind of interesting. But I was the only one out of all of them that was going into political talk radio. Most of them wanted to go into sports talk radio or go into music radio or even go into TV because it was for radio and TV at the same time. And I'll never forget it. One of my instructors at the broadcasting school, who, by the way, is in the industry, they're just it's a trade school. So it's people in the industry teaching you how to do these things. And I'll never forget They went around the class and they were talking about what you actually wanted to get into in broadcasting and media. And when they heard that I wanted to go into political talk radio, they said, Andy, are you sure? Are you really sure you want to go into political talk radio? They said, in sports talk, it's like sparring. You can talk, you can have some fun, you can keep it entertaining, but if you miss a stat, if you misrepresent you know, a trade or a team or something like that, it can be ha-ha, it can be laughed off, they'll call you out on it because you need to know your stuff, but if you get it wrong, then oh well, you can just kind of move on. In politics, if you misrepresent something, if you misrepresent facts, if you misrepresent a story, if they catch you out on something, or if you debate with somebody on the air and they call you out and you lose that debate because you have no response to what they're saying, your political career on the radio is done. you can't be trusted any longer. the listener will not listen to you anymore because you're not credible which is a very dangerous risky type of radio to be in because one mishap one just a couple one or two of those to where you prove that you don't know what you're talking about or someone calls you out on something and you're done. Are you sure you want to do this? Because in political talk radio you need to be trusted. I mean, you may not always agree with my opinion, but at least you can trust to some degree that I'm presenting you a story and that we talk about it. And then I try to present facts and historical arguments and historical facts to prove to you that I know somewhat of what I'm talking about to give my opinion on it. And then I wish we could take more calls and I'd like to start being able to take calls on this show at some point. But that way we can start debating with people who disagree because I love being able to do so because I feel confident in that. But if I lose that, then you lose faith in me and lose trust in me and lose credibility in me of being able able to present and actually uh, entertain you and talk to you about certain issues. So, I mean, trust is a serious issue when it comes to journalism or when it comes to basic fact. And the fact of the matter is, is that my generation, how often are we actually going to sit back and, um, you know, dive deeper to prove or validate what we're actually believing or seeing on social media and actually fact checking it ourselves? kind of a concerning issue real quickly we got just about a minute or so left but the super bowl did you watch it yesterday did you care to watch it and your takeaways from it i i just made one comment now i was in the major minority here in these in kansas because kansas city was in the super bowl but i've always been kind of a fan of tom brady and the patriots so when tom brady went to the buccaneers i was like yeah hey it's the old guard versus the new guy with patrick mahomes again I didn't care about the game I haven't watched an an NFL game in like three or four years so the game meant absolutely nothing to me but all the Chiefs fans were really upset here and I said well honestly I'm kind of okay with the guy that, that was not afraid of wearing a MAGA hat and supporting Donald Trump and not wearing a mask I'm kind of okay with him winning the Super Bowl I'm just throwing it out there If anybody was going to have to win the Super Bowl, I guess it was okay with a guy that is not afraid to not wear a mask and to wear a MAGA hat and to go golfing with Donald Trump and to be seen supporting Donald Trump openly, uh, who just don't care. So I give kudos to Tom Brady on that front. When it came to the Super Bowl itself, though, the game was irrelevant to me. The ads kind of stunk. The halftime show was, did you catch it? Watch it again. I watched it probably two or three times on video after it happened live. And it was the creepiest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. Now, of course, call me a conspiracy theorist all you want to. I don't get the whole reason for the show or the Im- the imaging of the show, the presentation, other than the symbolism that I saw with a guy in a white cloak with beady red glowing eyes coming out of the sky and then a whole bunch of people wearing masks faceless without a really identity and then smoke on the field with the red lights beaming down and then they're all laying down on the field like they're dead. I mean take what you want out of that but to me that was extremely weird it was extremely creepy I don't know why they have to make all these weird symbolic gestures during a halftime of the Super Bowl Probably because so many people are watching and everybody's like "Ooh, look at the flashing lights Oh that was so cool when they really don't know what the heck's going on So to me it was totally creepy and really weird and strange and I just don't get it I don't like that kind of music anyway so I don't really care but let me know your thoughts. You can email me at Network at gmail.com. Shoot me a message on the social medias. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice of Reason. You have a wonderful Monday evening. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time.